This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. The title of the message this morning is So Be It, I Live in Rest. In the word of the year this year, Pastor Tom said this. He says, this is the year of awakening. God has prepared rest. Say to your neighbor, God has prepared rest. Okay, for the soil we've, till, we've tilled and from the works we have labored for so that we can produce more, new levels of trust in him and with one another will prepare, will prepare us for multi, to multiply productivity in the season ahead. Let us not grow weary. Rather, let us understand his rest. Let us understand his rest. It requires for us to stay engaged and continually pursue to walk with him while at the same time speaking what the word has revealed. The awakening is coming. Amen. This awakening is that you and I are called out of darkness and called into the kingdom of light. The kingdom of his son. We are called out of bondage and called into his rest. He says there's an awakening this season where we'll understand that we're called to live in rest. Hebrews 4 verses 1 to 4. If you can turn there in your Bibles, there's some things I'd like you to underline. So if you could go to Hebrews 4 in your Bibles... And if you get there, say, "Uh uh-huh. And my Bible is on page uh, 1031. I don't know what page it is on yours. Here's what the word of God says. He says, therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today. Underline in your Bible, still remains and is freely offered today. Let us fear in case... Any one of you may seem to come short of reaching it and think it has already come too late. For indeed, we have good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them, but the message they heard, they did not benefit them because it was not mixed with faith. Underline mixed with faith. It was not mixed with faith in God by those who heard it. For we believe, underline, for we believe, and we enter that rest. To believe, in the amplified version, that is, we personally trust and confidently rely on God so that we may enter that rest So we have his inner peace now because we have confidence in our salvation and in the assurance of his power. Just as he said, as I swore on oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This he said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all those who would believe. God bless the reading of his word. The works of God were completed from the foundations of the world, waiting for those who would believe. 
is the key to entering God's rest. For we who believe, the scripture says, will enter that rest. Believe in what? It's belief in his word. For the Bible says that they did not enter because they did not mix with faith the word that they heard. So as Pastor Tom was saying, when we turn away from the occult, we are not turning towards prophecy. We are not turning towards signs. We are not turning towards miracles. We are turning towards a sure word. We're turning towards a sure promise. We're turning towards a sure prophecy. That is the word of God. For the Bible says that they did not enter because they did not mix with faith the word that they heard. So when we repent, we turn away from something and we turn towards God. We put our faith in God. Entering into rest is entering into God's finished works. It's saying, I believe. If you've promised it, if you've said it, I believe it's done. It's saying, from the foundations of the world, God, you've finished it. You're waiting for my belief. Today, you've given me my word. Today, you've given me the word. Today, I've heard the word of the Lord. I'm entering in. I'm believing that and I'm resting on that. The Bible says that it is waiting for those that would believe. The question is, do you believe? There are two things in the Bible that are mentioned, that made Jesus marvel. Let's look at the first one in Luke 7, verses 1 to 8. The Bible in Luke 7, verses 1 to 8 says this. Now when they concluded, when he concluded all his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, and a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard that Jesus when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal the servant. And when he came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, that the one for whom he should do this was deserving, for he loves our nation. He has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went to them, and when he was already, and when he was already not far from the house. The centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter my roof. Therefore, I do not even think of myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled. Underlining your Bible, marveled at him. And turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. The centurion said, I am a man under authority. I know how things work. I give the word 
and action follows. Soldiers act on orders. The word of the commanding officer determines action. The orders, the order is the word precedes action. So I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by, by, by what's happening around me. I'm moved by what I believe my commanding officer has said. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Soldiers on the battlefield may never have seen their general. They may have never touched him. They may have never known him. But they sure know his word. And that it is on the basis of the general's word that they're on the battlefield. So this centurion was saying to Jesus, I know how things work. I'm a man under authority. I know that action does not happen on its own. But action is determined by word. So give me the word and action will come. I, I, I'm, I'm a part of an army. I'm not worthy to go into the general's office. Neither is the general worthy to come into my battlefield. But give me the word and it's enough. The word is enough. The word is sufficient. At your word, I'll take you, Jesus. I'll take you. I recognize you as a commanding officer. I'll take that at your word. And so it shall be. I'll rest on your word. I don't need you to touch me. I don't need you to prophesy on me. I just need your word. I understand how things work. Word determines action. Yet most of us, as Pastor Tom was saying, even believers ask for a sign. We live by the mantra of the world that says seeing is believing. The word is not enough. So Jesus says, <laughs> from this centurion, from this Gentile, I've not seen such great faith, even amongst my own. The question is, do you believe? And would Jesus say the same of us here today? So the centurion said, I take you at your word. Jesus marveled at this great faith. Great faith is resting on God's word. Great faith says your word is enough. Great faith says your word settles it. Great faith says I do not need something else. I need his word. Great faith says so be it. I rest on that. All I need is the word. The children of Israel did not move on God's word. The Bible says that because they did not mix what they heard, the word they heard with their faith, the Bible says that God swore that they would not enter his rest. The children of Israel were led by signs. Show me a sign. You see, the sign 
and the signs and the miracles and the things God performed for them was only to lead them out of the wilderness and into the promised land. It was training ground. They missed the purpose. It was training ground to teach them trust. To teach them who the true living God was. But we cannot live in the promised land with wilderness mentality. We cannot enter his promise while we want to hang on to wilderness mentalities. We cannot enter into God's promise while thinking we can get sources from witch doctors. While thinking it can happen by a politician. While thinking it can happen by the government. While thinking it can happen by a connection. While thinking it can happen by, by a tete. It can happen by a, 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 a prophet. Because that's wilderness stuff. That's what the wilderness stuff says we do not move unless we see a sign. A pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. When the cloud moves, we move. God says that's wilderness stuff. In the promised land, I cannot lead you like that. Because in the promised land, you are led by my word. You are led by believing in me. You are led by, because in the promised land, it is faith that sustains you. It is, the, it is the word of God that delivered us out of bondage. It is the word of God that will keep us in his promise. Now, if we believe it is anything else but the word of God, we make God out to be a liar. We say, God, your promise is false. You see, the signs hardened their hearts. Because they said, unless we see a sign, we won't move. So even when they got to the cusp of the promised land, when the giants appeared, they said, show us a sign. God said, what signs do you need? I promised your forefathers on earth. I spoke to you when I was delivering you from Egypt. I have come and delivered you mightily. Now I've promised you that I'm bringing you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And they said, prove it. Prove it. Because if you won't prove it, Lord, we may as well go back to Pharaoh. If you won't prove it, we may as well go back to the witch doctor. If you won't prove that I'm saved, if you won't prove that I, there's a promise for me, I may as well consult the Nyanga. Because the Nyanga will split something, will poof, poof, poof something, and show me something. Because the, 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 the battle here, the battle here is for rest. The reason you're going to the Nyanga is for rest. The reason you're going seeking prophecy, that prophecy, that, the Bible says, Jesus said this, you wicked and adulterous generation, you seek forth a sign. You move from church to church saying, whoo, what can, what can that prophet, can he read my number? Can he tell me what's happening? That is looking for signs. He says, that's not promised land mentality. Promised land mentality says, God says it. I believe it. I am not worthy to come to you. You're not worthy to come to me. Just give me your word. Your word is enough. And I rest on that. Because after you've said it, so be it. I live in your rest. I'm a man under authority, as Pastor Tom said. 
When we refuse to believe God's word, here's what we're saying. We're simply saying we are not under authority. We do not know how to function under authority. That leads us to the second thing. Before we get to the second thing. So Jesus designed us in the promised land to live by his word. That is because on earth, God desires that man is moved by his promise. In heaven, God is moved by your faith. You and I's faith believing in his word. The Bible says that the, 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 you and I, for without faith it's impossible to please God. He that, that comes to him must believe that he is and is the reward of those that diligently seek him. That's promised land stuff. So man on earth is moved by God's promise. Your word is enough. Just say the word and I'll take you at your word. Let it be done to me according to your word. In heaven, God is moved by man who does not move because of circumstances around him, who does not move because of what he sees, but is moved by what he believes. Because what you and I see is temporary and is passing away. But what we fix our eyes on that which is unseen, because that which is unseen is eternal, but that which is seen is temporary. So these circumstances will change. And what changes them is our rest in him. I believe your word. I believe, Lord, you've finished this work. I believe it will be done according to you and I'm coming into your rest. God's rest is not resting because he was tired. God's rest is resting because he was finished. He was done. So when you come into God's rest... You're not saying, hey, I'm coming into weariness. I'm coming into fatigue. No, you're saying I'm coming into your rest. I'm coming into what you finished from the beginning. Second thing, that made Jesus marvel. Turn in your Bibles. Mark 6, verses 1 to 6. The Bible says this. It says Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that was given to him? What are these remarkable miracles that is performed? Isn't he the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son, the brother of Joseph, Judas, Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him, at Jesus. And Jesus said to them, a prophet is without honor in his own hometown, among his own relatives and among his own home. He could do no miracles there except lay hands on a few people and heal them. He marveled at their lack of faith. There are two things that make Jesus marvel. One is great faith. Taking him at his word. Resting on his word. Secondly, a lack of faith. They questioned his word. What wisdom is this? What, 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 what teaching is this? 
this really work? Did God really say? You see, when we do not hear or heed what the Lord says or the word of the Lord, it is because there is another word we are heeding to. And it leads us to question the wisdom of God. Oh no. It is because God knew the day you would eat of the tree, you would be as wise as him. Knowing good and evil, as Pastor Tom was saying. So when we don't mix with faith the word we hear, we're saying, God, your wisdom is not enough. When, when Christians pray or believers trust in their culture, in their tradition, trust in the government and the systems of this world, we're saying, God, your wisdom is not enough. I need to do something to help you. Because your works for me were not finished. What wisdom is this that you are saying by your stripes I'm healed? I cannot hear that because the doctor said this cancer is terminal. Eve listened to the serpent and doubted and questioned God's wisdom and was deceived. Adam listened to his wife, disobeyed God's word that he gave him. Genesis 3, verses 17 to 19, this is what God said to Adam. He said to Adam, because you have listened to your wife and ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which I commanded you, you must not eat out of. Cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil. Underline that through painful toil, you eat food from all. You eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles, and you eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of a brow, you eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you are taken. From dust you are, and to dust you return. Right, painful toil. is a result of the curse. Painful toil to eat is a result of the curse. So here's the question. If we were, are eating out of painful toil and it's a result of the curse, what, what was Adam eating out of before? Before painful toil, what was Adam eating out of before? How was Adam being sustained? The Bible says this in Genesis 1 verse 29. God said this, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth. Every tree whose fruit trees yield seed. To you it shall be for food. Adam ate out of God's word. Adam ate out of what God provided. It was already done. Everything he needed pertaining to life and godliness, God had already provided. God had already done. It is finished. Had rested from his works. Then Adam was formed. So everything Adam needed was in God's rest. 
It was in God, you've already done this. Adam labored out of rest. He didn't labor out of toil. Now, most of us choose to live under the curse. We choose the rest of painful toil instead of the rest of toiling to enter into God's rest. We choose to eat out of what is cursed instead of eating what of God, God blessed. Man was sustained by God's word. Man was sustained by what God promised. Man was sustained by what God created through his spoken word. Adam's job was to rest in what God had already provided without interference. The moment he questioned God and doubted God's word and believed the word of another, he committed treason. He could not reach out to the tree of life and eat of it. He could not eat out of God's word because he had believed the word of another. He came out of God's rest and went into the rest of Anyanga. He came into the rest of the devil. Most of us are comfortable living in the rest of this world and not the rest that God provided from the beginning. So Apostle Tom says it's an awakening. It's an awakening that now is the time that believers should enter into his rest. As long as we are alive in our own efforts, we are dead to the finished works of God. Most of us want to draw success and salvation from what is cursed. Success from our own labors of the earth was not to, success on earth was never supposed to come from toilsome labor. Success was supposed to come from entering into his rest. Believe in God's word. Jesus said of himself, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We're sustained out of our relationship with him, walking with him, obeying him, not out of painful toil. Toil and labor are a result of disobedience and a result of what is cursed. The New Testament reality of this is found in Matthew 6, where Jesus says, do not worry about what you eat, what you drink, where you sleep, what you wear. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Why? Because it was that way in the beginning. We're supposed to be sustained. We're supposed to be looked after. We're supposed to be provided for by what God had already provided. By God's finished works. That was where our resting place was. So Jesus is saying, come back to the place where you seek first his kingdom. Come back to a place where you toil to enter into his rest. Come back to a place where you, your toil is to get into right relationship. Come back to a place where like in Adam in the Garden of Eden, where he walked in the cool of the day with God. In that place, he says, all these things will be added to you. Because these things are what God called blessed. The blessed state was before the cursed one. Genesis 1.26, God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion over. God blessed them. The curse came in Genesis 3. What was in the foundations of the earth? What was in the foundations of the world was the blessed state. It's, a, it's, it's waiting for the manifestation of those who would believe in him. 
the earth eagerly awaits the manifestation of the true sons of God. Those that would believe that God took care of this right from the beginning. That when God says it, when God promises it, it is done. I live in his rest. I live in what he said. Let me give you a, an Old Testament example of this as we round up. Solomon, we all know him, the wisest man in the, in the, in the world. The Bible, in the book of Chronicles, has a record of David's instruction to his son. The Bible says that in 1 Chronicles, David called his son Solomon. And he said to him, this is what God said he would not build the temple through me. But God assured me that after you, I would give you a son. And that son would be a man of peace. And I will give him rest from his enemies. Through him, I will build the temple. That was the word for Solomon. But yet, in first, and this is his father instructing him in God's word. But in 1 Kings chapter 3, we're reading it in the daily Bible reading. That word was not enough for Solomon. He says, Solomon made an allegiance with Pharaoh through marriage. Solomon said, and, and in doing that, he was trying to buy peace and ensure that he had peace and rest from his enemies while he built the temple. Now, it was a great idea. You could say it was wisdom, and most of us have that. We have great, good ideas that we even sanitize and we're saying we're doing this for God. But he was violating God's command that said, do not intermarry. For when you intermarry with these foreign nations, you'll give your heart to them. So here he was tempting God, asking God to endorse what he did for his own pleasure and his own security because he didn't believe God. And he says, sanitize it, Lord, because I was doing it for you. He says, no. You violated my word. I told you not to intermarry. I promised you through your father that I would give you rest. But you chose to go to Wanganga. You chose to go back to Egypt to get your security. My promise was not enough. You saw the giants before you and you said, I need rest to do this. And you went back to Pharaoh. You have done the same thing your forefathers have done. When they got to the promised land, they turned their backs and their hearts towards Pharaoh. And we said it would have been better that we're back with Pharaoh than to enter into what's promised by God. Because God is not showing us a sign that we have rest. God is not showing us a sign that we have peace. So let me go and sign a peace treaty myself. And intermarry with Pharaoh. Because if Pharaoh's daughter is in Jerusalem, the city of David, Pharaoh will not come and attack me. And everyone else will be afraid to attack me. I've just made covenant with the Nganga. 
I've made covenant with the world to buy a little security. God's word is enough. God's word is enough. I said it, I'll do it, believe it. Enter into that rest. The Old Testament is a shadow of the revelation that would come in the New Testament. And that is the revelation that comes through Jesus Christ, God's promised son to us. The Bible says, he that believes in the Lord, in Jeremiah 17, 7, says he that believes and trusts in the Lord is like a tree planted by the water. In 1 Corinthians 20, verse 20, it says, believe in God and you will be established. Believe your prophets and you will prosper. That word, established, or planted, or made secure, is the word aman. Is the Hebrew word aman. That is the root word that the word amen is taken from. That word means to believe, to trust wholeheartedly, to be planted, to be secure. To be confirmed, to be verified by the word of God. That's where the word so be it, amen. When we say amen, it's not just amen. We're saying so be it according to your word. That's where it's taken from. The first time this word is used in the Bible is when it describes Abraham in Genesis where it says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. That word believed is the word Aman. That means when we believe God, we're literally saying we're established in this thing. As Pastor Tom was saying, when we take God at his word, we're literally saying we're rested in this thing. Someone else put it this way. He says, you're saying to yourself, I walk with heavy weights on. I'm securely planted, securely put in place. Your word is the one that sustains me. Your word is the one that establishes me. Aman. I believe you, Lord. I trust you wholeheartedly. Your word is enough. I don't need a sign. I don't need to see it. You said it. I believe it. I'm rested in it. It was done from the foundations of the earth. I have it. That's how you and I are called to live as believers. We're, we are not to God looking for a sign. We are not to God looking for the confirmation of man. No. Why? Because his word was enough. So everything in the Old Testament is for our learning. And it's pointing us to the real revelation in Jesus Christ. Because when you are man, when you believe God and you are established, it means, Lord, I'm believing in what you have done right from the beginning. I am believing in your spoken word, which you have spoken, so shall it be. I am rested in that. So what was there in the beginning? John 1, 
says this. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. That is Christ. The Word was with God and the Word was God Himself. He was and continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally with God. All things were made and came into existence through Him. And without Him, nothing that was made was made. That has come into being. Verse 14, as Pastor Tom mentioned, and that Word became flesh. Showing us the true evidence that what that which God spoke at the foundations of the earth surely manifested its in itself in the flesh and dwelt amongst us. What other sign do we need? If Jesus Himself would come in the flesh as the Word, what other sign are you asking for when you say, Lord, show me a sign? Show me a sign. What other sign are we looking for outside of God himself showing up and saying, here I am. To validate my word, here I am. There's a work that I authored from the beginning. I am faithful to see it to completion. Here I am, I dwell amongst you in the flesh. What other sign are we saying we want? What other sign are we saying we want? So when we enter into promise, we enter into that rest. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is the Lord of God's rest. He is the promise of that rest. That doesn't come by might nor by power, but, but comes by His Spirit. It comes by His Spirit. So today, God's calling us into promise. He wants us fully rested in his promise that came through his son. The son that was there in the beginning. The son through whom everything that was made was made. Through him, nothing that is to be made will be made. So whatever it is that you and I face, whether it's healing, a broken marriage, family problems... All we need is to find the word. Lord, I am not worthy to come to you. You are not worthy to come to my house. Just send the word. Just, I don't need a sign. I don't need some prophecy. I, I have a sure word of prophecy. The sure word of prophecy is the word that comes from you. That is what I believe. That is my prophecy. That is promised land living. That is entering the promise. That is rest. Your word. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. When we don't have that word, when we don't assume the responsibility to search out the scriptures, to find out what God promises, and apply to our situation by mixing it out with faith, we will not come to rest. We will go and look for rest elsewhere. We'll fall into the traps of this world. We'll fall into compromise. We'll fall into the promises of man. Do not try and finish in the flesh what God started in the spirit. 
Because God himself said, I am faithful to see to completion the good work I began in you in Christ Jesus. Then he says of you as you live on earth, you are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works that he prepared beforehand that you and I should walk in. I rest in that. Lord, show me your good works. Show me what you prepared beforehand. It does not matter. Our problem is not the giants we face. Our problem is not the devil. Our problem is a belief problem. Because the giants were inconsequential to God. The devil was inconsequential. The issue was, do you? He didn't say they did not enter because they stood before giants. They did not enter because the devil deceived them. No. They did not enter because they did not believe. We have an unbelief problem. And the unbelief problem results in this. We will go back to Pharaoh. The way we live is the way we die. If we live in fear, we'll die in fear. If we live in faith, we'll die in faith. Unfortunately, as a promise, as a, as a promise to enter into his rest and a promised land exists today, there are some might, that may not enter because they prefer to go back into the realm of what is seen in the wilderness. Show me. That's where I want to live. Not, I'll believe you. Take me into what you've promised me. Father, I thank you today that as it has been spoken, Lord, you've called us to enter into your promise. You've called us to come to a place of rest. Father, it is by our responsibility, not yours. Forgive us, Lord, where we've said you are responsible for everything. You gave us dominion on earth. Ours is to believe you, believe your word. And exercise that dominion here. Father, as we prepare and ready ourselves to enter into everything you've promised us. Father, we want to make every effort. Every effort today to enter into your rest. To enter into what you've promised. To believe your word. To mix it with faith. And say, if God says it, so be it. I live in rest. It is my marching order. It is my command. That is it. We're here today to offer ourselves as living sacrifices before you. That your kingdom come. Your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. In Jesus Christ's name. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.